Get your pen and paper ready. It's time for another edition of The The Flex. The absolute best fantasy football podcast in existence. I'll say this, not to say that I disagree, but... I disagree. Oh my God. Presented by Broadway Sports. All right. Flexers ready? And we're live. Welcome into the Flex, brought to you by Broadway Sports Media, partner with 440 Sports. Head on over to broadwaysportsmedia.com. We've got a lot of great content, a lot of great content hyping the big Titans win this week. Go over there and check it out. A lot of great effort, sweat, tears, blood, guts, everything going into those articles and that, and that content. So go check it out today. It is, it is well worth your time. So after that, in, that intro, guys, I'm pumped up. Who's still pumped up from, from watching the game this week? I'm high as hell. Let me tell you. <laughs> Confused you I mean? am You're high off the tears of Bill's Mafia oh. on Twitter. It I'm is a different like, kind of. It is like cocaine to me. <laughs> I I am on a high that I'll probably not come down for at least five weeks. I don't care if we lose the next five games. I, I'm all all I'm focused on is this wonderful Bills game because the Titans are going undefeated. It's just it, they are. Okay, I mean, sure. Wow, negative uh, Nancy how, over there. How can you hey. argue with what Zach said? How can you argue with my background? It's a fact. It, it, is, is, a fact. Fact. it is a fact that those are those are undefeated teams in your background. The that everyone listening coach. in podcast form can totally see because all those people are also watching on YouTube because they're smart. Mm-hmm. They figured oh, yes. it up, I know. Yes, and if you're not you, watching the we, YouTube, you won't be able to see who's undefeated. Right. That's actually true. Finally made it. We finally made it. 100, 100 subscribers to our YouTube channel. I think last time I checked, we were around that. So that's great. So we got to figure out some stuff to do. We got to go through those, generate, get some names out. I, I, I've got a, a Broadway mask. If everybody, if anybody was still want some masks, I'll send out to. Well, whose grandma do we have to shout out? Yeah, we got to give a shout out. out to a subscriber who subscribed to our so podcast. I, they're they're going to get the shout out. And then they'll get a mask. So we'll pick that for next show. So stay tuned. Uh, join us next week for that. And we totally support. forgot about that shout out. So you don't want me well, to? No, we didn't. We we planned. We're gonna, we're gonna I can give you someone's grandma a shout out. Okay. Okay. Because like I, theoretically, I could look right now at our subscriber. Well, list. I'm just saying. I, I think uh, one Daniel Gooden. I think his grandma deserves a shout out. So grandma shout out Gooden, Gooden getting the shout out from That's the flex. It could right, be Granny Gooden. I guess I should have asked. If <laughs> she's Italian, it could be Nana. Hey, Nana? hey, hey, hey. We don't know who's marrying who. Her last name might not even be Gooden. Oh, that's true. It could be Greenlaw for all we know. That's true. It's not. It's not me. I'm not You're not grandma. the grandma. Not this time. You are not, not the, the grandma. grandma. So we, we, we have learned that is our shout out for congratulations thank y'all for giving us 100 let's let's have that next goal get to 200 let's figure out some more stuff to do and actually make it a little more uh interesting if we can get to 200 maybe give away some merch or something or something shout out two grandmas uh, two grandmas shout out there we go shout out both the grandmas it, wherever they are ground up <laughs> anyway so what else did we learn boys let's get to this segment real quick zach let's start with you what did you learn i learned that Jonu Smith is going to be tight end one in fantasy when it's all said and done. And he is a league winner and he is an elite tight end. And let me say something, the connection, but I knew that there was going to be a connection between Ryan Tannehill and Johnny. We've all said it because they trained all off season, but it's like legit. I mean, it's insane. He is going off with Ryan Tannehill. And right now, he is a must-start if you're in a mandatory tight end league. And I would venture 
depending on your roster, you may, if you're not a mandatory tight end, you may want to play him in a wide receiver tight end spot here and there. Because right now, he is week last. Uh, You'll he get it. was, hold on, tight end three this week. And then, but starting with week one, tight end nine, tight end two, tight end 16 in Minnesota, and then tight end two again. So let me say this. He's legit. Love him. Put him in your roster. Give him a big old hug because this team's undefeated and they're going to stay undefeated and they're going to do that by throwing the ball to Johnny Smith, who's going to end up with, for the first time in his career, over 700 yards <laughs> and he's going to have 10 touchdowns. He's halfway there already through four games. What do you say to people who say, but Zach, Ryan Tannehill was at least a yard beyond the line of scrimmage last night, and those refs just wanted to go home? Well, let me tell you what I would tell them, Justin, <laughs> that they need to quit being stupid loser crybaby bitches and just get over it. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Start I, love I think that my most successful tweet uh, ever in my history of Twittering was off of that play, and I beat Greenlaw by about five seconds to the same sentiment about that, about arguing about a straight line on an angle again for Bill's Mafia. So that's that's my claim to fame now. I got One guy went in there and actually took me seriously and was trying to, like, diagram. First of all, the, like, the, the yard marker was behind the actual line to gain. I was like, all right, if you really want me to science this out, I will, but I don't have the time or care. Just It counted. They reviewed it. Screw off. Yeah. yeah. Just like the music we're, city we're in a world. This isn't the music city miracle where there's like standard definition cameras and all this stuff. There are 500 angles of every given play and they saw them all and they get counted as a touchdown. And how many times in reviews have you heard that they, they <laughs> we're not seeing all the angles they have to see. Right. Yeah. So yeah. they have it. So we, we learned that too, that, that, that they're cry babies about that. So Greenlaw, what else? those babies cry. Uh, I learned, I, I don't, I guess I didn't learn this because Zach and I have talked about it this year, but just confirmed Juju Smith-Schuster is a beta. He's not the number bias. one. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who you can't, you can't count on him to be a wide receiver one, not even really a wide receiver two. You're looking at a very baby flex. Like don't even play the sound effect because it's such a baby flex from Juju. I don't, don't play it. <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> My take on that is that Juju is going to make you guys look silly over the next 12 games. Ryan? Well, is he going to play the Cleveland Browns 12 times? Hold on. He's going to play them one time, <laughs> twice even. He's got to do it for Is that going to make it up? It sounds like the Will Fuller of slot receivers. Wow, this guy. <laughs> oh, this guy, he's going for both of our knees tonight. Good grief, man. So we'll, we'll t I'll talk a little bit more about Juju later in the show. That's what I was trying to get at. I've got him as, as uh, may have him in one of my start positions. So we'll see there. So uh, JG, but continuous here. What did we learn? I learned not to question opportunities. Last week I said, Todd Gurley is scoring all these stupid red zone touchdowns. It's not going to be sustainable. And Todd Gurley rips off a touchdown run that was outside the red zone, for what it's worth, on, like, the first drive of the game. But the point stands. I mean, Todd Gurley's actually a high-ranking running back now because of the opportunity to get in the end zone. And I think that's something that we need to start paying attention to now that we're five games in. And it's something that I looked at a lot this week is who is getting red zone opportunities. Because those are important because we've talked about this a lot. Opportunity is king. Nothing's changed there, but... 
I don't know. I was just like, this isn't sustainable. This isn't sustainable. But like some things, some teams are going to do things the way that they're doing them. And it will be sustainable, just like the Titans in the red zone or something. I don't know. Fair enough. Uh, I learned uh, a question. How in the how bad is Old Miss coaching when they had Metcalf and A.J. Brown on that same roster? How did they lose a game? And Dawson Knox. They had three they, NFL players on that offense, and they stunk. It, it, Shea Patterson is bad at quarterback. Jordan Tamu is Jordan bad. Jordan Tiamu. Ah, uh, no. Battlehawk uh, star no, Jordan Tamu. COVID-infected Jordan Tiamu. He's like the Matt Stafford of XFL oh, practice squad. That's terrible. That means he's a great quarterback. He's <laughs> one of the best. So my only point to this was is you have two second-year receivers who are studs. And what I'm starting to learn is this this whole wait till the second, third year of receivers thing is a thing of the past. These these young receivers are coming out day one contributing. And I don't mean day one like the first day, but like in that first season, they're going to start contributing. You saw it out of Metcalf and A.J. Brown last year. You're seeing it out of C.D. Lamb, T. Higgins, Henry Ruggs flash this weekend. Chase Claypool. Claypool. Um, my boy. Alt for the Jaguars. I mean, just – on and on and on, these these rookie receivers are flashing for these offenses, and they're and T Higgins is out gaining, out route running, out targeting AJ Green, and I know that AJ well, Green. I'm fighting. doing all that when you look at AJ Green stats. <laughs> I'm doing all that as well. Sure, I, and I get, but that's my point is that, that these teams are comfortable enough to rely on these rookies, and not have to keep force feeding these veterans. Larry Fitzgerald is greater receiver he's been in his career is taking a back seat to multiple receivers on that team that are young i mean it's just it's just obviously drop down there hawkins is there too but christian kirk and all these things so, i mean i'm just saying that these teams are realizing as well i've learned it i got a next drafts so i've got to keep out of my mind that i have to drive i go for veteran guys first and then take my flyers and rookies give these rookies a chance because they're producing early for their teams well i'll say this too i think it all started with cooper cup and juju smith schuster's draft class because that's when you saw the first off the late round wide receivers start going off in year one and then you keep getting more and more year right. after year, like you said. So it'll be interesting to see with the loaded wide receiver class yet again. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what sure. comes yeah. of that. But it's also I've got two guys coming to draft again. It's also interesting though, because um like there's also guys like Chris Godwin, Calvin Ridley, who were still kind of the third year breakout model that we have come to see over time. So it's not necessarily in every guy thing, but definitely the idea that a rookie receiver can produce right away is is a kind of a newer. Yeah, thing. Ridley yeah. had like eight touchdowns his rookie year, right? That's I mean, true. He, he was crazy. He was yeah. He's been good. But he but was like, incons- He was wildly inconsistent. But right. He was a fantasy contributor. Very much a flex player. Yeah. So what does this mean? That that just goes to show these offenses are exploding early, and these, with these young receivers, the trust is there, the production's there. A lot of these offenses are really humming and, and churning out yards and points and and, and everything like that. There's some good offenses, but let's let's shift gears here a little bit and let's talk about some offenses that we just absolutely hate for fantasy. And these are the offenses that you're either confused on a certain position, and I don't mean confused as in your high. Sorry, I should you're low on them or you don't like them as much, or maybe you just don't like the offense and the opportunities and what they're doing there. So, JG, we're gonna start with you this time. What's an offense that you want no part of in fantasy? So the easy play here is to say the Jets, but the trick is that Jamison Crowder is like actually a good fantasy player. Yeah. So I'm not going to choose the Jets here. I'm going to go with a different New York team that shares the same stadium 
and pick the New York Giants, who are averaging a measly 16.2 real points. Um, that includes a pick six that they s- scored last week against the Dallas Cowboys. So the offense is scoring even less points than that. Daniel Jones has two passing touchdowns this year compared to five interceptions. I don't know how many fumbles, but a lot. And I like Darius Slayton. I think he's going to have a few good weeks like he did this past week in the right matchup. But overall, it's like not worth the roster headache, I don't think. I'm not in on Freeman ever since Barkley went down. Evan Ingram was able to get in the end zone on the end-around touchdown, but he's like not being targeted in the passing game. He's definitely not being targeted downfield. So I don't know what the deal is with with Evan Ingram. And overall, the offense is just like brutally bad. The offensive line is terrible. It's just like a horrible situation. Ingram doesn't have a receiving touchdown, right, this year? Ingram. He's got the end around, but I don't think he has a receiving touchdown. No, you're right. Darius Slayton caught two week one, and those are their only two passing touchdowns. Yeah, so you would figure Evan Ingram with a younger quarterback would actually be eating in this, but especially with Barkley. But he's not. Here's the thing. In their offense under, what's his name, in Denver, Pat Shermer, Ingram was being used to attack the seams as like a downfield matchup nightmare who could go up over linebackers. And Jason Garrett is using him in like little dump off five yard Jason Witten type roles, which is horrible for him and it's horrible for their offense. And their offense is bad because Jason Garrett is, I don't know, not good. Predictable. Yeah. I think the skill players are also limited by Daniel Jones. I think he's terrible. He is terrible. So the- I mean, it, it's very reminiscent of Eli when he started. Like when Eli started, he was really, really bad. Now, I don't think that Daniel Jones is going to be anything like Eli, but everybody, uh, Eli was very bad those first two years. And then, of course, the last two years, but those don't really matter. So the problem there is the coaching. I put all the blame on Jason Garrett. And I also put the blame on the general manager, too. He's assembled a horrible offensive line that does not look to getting better. He's neglected defense for the most part, besides, you know, getting an aging Logan Ryan. I mean, for I think it's just a mess up in New York anyway. Both New York teams are in need of major overhauls, and they're, they're, it's a long road to, to get there. I agree. Logan Ryan, who heard Dak Prescott, right? Yeah, yeah screw Logan Ryan. What is not only not, not, only Giants, not only Giants not producing for their own offense, they're they're hurting other offenses as well. Good job, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Zach. Let's stay with you. I know you just got done talking, but let's stay with you. What's an offense that you hate? Well, you know I love to talk, so it really doesn't matter. Uh, so, <laughs> Indianapolis Colts. I am out on the Colts. You know who the highest rated person in their position is? It is running back 13, Jonathan Taylor. Now, that sounds pretty good, but that's all because of one game, the Minnesota Vikings game. Other than that, Phillip Rivers is a liability of this team. First off, I've said it many times before, the Colts are completely overrated, and they're trash, and I cannot wait to just decimate them. But Phillip Rivers right now in the fantasy world, quarterback 26, Jonathan Taylor running back 13. T.Y. Hilton is their highest-ranked wide receiver at wide receiver 69. Nice. And then Mo Alley-Cox is ranked tight end 14, which tight end 14s, what is that? Like, that's just trash. Don't even, like, bother rostering it. So you think, oh, well, you should want Jonathan Taylor, right, because he's a workhorse back. Nuh-uh, buds. Let me tell you something. They're almost evenly splitting the workload in between three people. He hasn't cleared 15 touches since um, – oh, oh, 
Hold on. He hasn't cleared 18 touches since week two and has gone under 15 touches twice. Okay. That's all. That's not a lot of touches. Not only that, with Philip Rivers sucking, this offensive line for the Colts is right now 32nd ranked team when it comes to rushing success rate. The 30s, they are the worst successful rushing team in the NFL currently. Then you have Naheem Hines, who's eating into his load, who is, um, he runs more routes per game, 15 routes than Jonathan Taylor. And he has 44 touches on the year with 13 of those coming in the red zone. And then lately, Jordan Wilkins suddenly has risen from the dead, from the practice squad or wherever he was hiding, and is suddenly getting like 10 touches a game almost. No, this this is a mess. If Le'Veon Bell goes there, like, I heard that was like an option that's on the table. If Le'Veon Bell somehow goes there, what a disaster for this team. It's just, it's a mess. I don't want any part of it. T.Y. Uh, Hilton, you trash. Moali Cox, you trash. Jonathan Taylor, you trash. Philip Rivers, you trash too. Um, hey, I don't. I don't think I was, you were clear enough on on your thoughts on Philip Rivers. Could you could you dive a little deeper into that? I'm kidding. Don't yes, he's basically a Buffalo Bills fan. <laughs> he's a crybaby. Oh, cry baby anybody words. got any takes on that or anything they want to rebut with? Does everyone agree that the Colts are just absolute trash on offense? If they did sign Le'Veon Bell, wouldn't that be admitting defeat on Jonathan Taylor? six weeks into the season he's not the workhorse back that every fantasy person tried to tell you he was even though this podcast went against the grain and told you he wasn't that's true i do think the cults are like experts fantasy experts the absolute best the absolute Absolute best best. i do think i do think i do think the cults are better than you're giving them a little credit for but not from a fantasy perspective, because it's like, who the yeah. heck is going to produce fantasy points? Like, they're going to win some football games this year. They're probably going to win nine, ten games, but because their schedule's so soft. But and they have a good run game and a good defense. I mean, actually, I guess they run game. It's yeah, not good. Thirty second. That's pretty bad. And <laughs> Philip Rivers isn't going to win any. Like, isn't going to. As bad as you kids. Philip Rivers isn't going to have any like heroic come from behind game winning drives because he's going to end all of those in interceptions. So. The Jets with Frank Gore, LaMichael P. Ryan have a better success rate in the run game than the Colts. Just wrap your head around that. Put wow. that in your pipe and smoke it. How did Phillip Rivers throw for 360 yards in week one? That's the most baffling stat of the of the season for me. I, I have no idea. After watching him on Sunday against the Browns, I have no idea how he threw for 360 yards. It's funny that him and Drew Brees are both declining at the same time, by the way. Hmm, I wonder if it has to do with their age. Hmm. Interesting. Probably not. You're right. Green Laws, keep it with you. What's an offense that you hate? Uh, I hate the Broncos' offense. Uh, I'm a noted Drew Lock hater, so even when he comes back, uh, I'm out on him. I'm out on their wide receivers who are constantly injured. KJ Hamler's injured all the time. Cortland Sutton's injured for the season. Jerry Judy, is, is he injured? I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming he will be injured at this point, but uh, I don't think all, he's all there. He's not injured. I don't think. Okay. So he Tim will Patrick. be. News. He will be uh, Tim Patrick, but you can't count on him to be a every week fantasy guy. Uh, Noah Fant. I do like Noah Fant. 
and because they have a lack of options. But if I had Noah Fant, I'd be trying to get somebody else at the tight end position, probably be trying to trade for somebody else. So overall, this offense is not something I like. Melvin Gordon just got a DUI. Who knows how long he'll be out. And even though he had no competition, he was still only running back 20 this year. So Philip Lindsay is going to take, I assume, all of the carries from Melvin Gordon if Melvin Gordon's suspended. But well, that could take a while. Really this that is the Broncos, take, though, so who knows? That could take a long time to resolve. Melvin Gordon could be it, playing. It could, but he, but uh, Vic Fangio didn't, you know, rule yeah. out punishing him from the team. So I, I don't know what to make of the running back situation still or most of this offense. So that's why I'm staying away from it. There's a couple players that if they're Jerry Judy, I like him as a player, even if he's injured or not, we'll just put an asterisk by Jerry Judy. It's he just a mystery. He's not injured. And no, it's a mystery. No needed, right there. Yep, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And uh, no offense no I like, but these are not guys I want to start week in and week out in my lineup. Jerry Judy has had between... 55 and 62 receiving yards in every game that he's played this year. It's amazing. He's very consistent. Yeah. Consistently five points a week. Unless he's consistently possibly injured. Yeah. Look, but he flashed though, because that catch he made, I was a last week before was just amazing. He's got that talent. So it's just not there yet. Consistently, I guess. I know I shouted him out earlier in my, what have I learned about rookie receiver? Just he's flashing, but it's just, I was adding a name to the pile, I guess, anyway. But the offense that I hate, and I may get some flack for this, and, I, and I'll hear all the flack, especially for the one player they have. I I hate – I'm out on the uh, the Baltimore Ravens, and I, I get it. Lamar Jackson, he's a he's a quarterback. You must start. I get it. He's multifaceted. He, he, he can throw. He can run. He's going to get points there. But that's my point, though, is he's, he's – if he's not having a good day, though, that's your – you're putting all your eggs in one basket. Who's he throwing to? I mean, he, he's got five touchdowns to his leading uh, tight end, excuse me, another, and the other two of his touchdowns to another tight end in the fullback. The other receiving core has two touchdowns total on the year. So who do you trust in the receiving room there? The running backs are, are have this weird split between which one of them is going to be the guy going to take over there. They're averaging all under 45 yards a game, so Lamar Jackson's your runner there. But what happens when the defense stops him? I just don't trust it. I don't like it. He, he doesn't seem to be utilizing all his options. It's, it's Lamar Jackson or nothing in that offense. And I get it. He's a great option. But outside of that, if a team like the Titans did in the playoffs can stop him, then where are you turning your fantasy points there? No one else is really – taking things from him he's their best player no one else there is really seems to be stepping up to say okay i can be the big helper here for him it's everybody's kind of at this plateau and you just don't know who to pick so like in daily fantasy i can't rely on these guys typically in the in the running back tiers or in the receiver tiers and that's why i hate them because i just I, I love the potential i love what lamar jackson could be but like i can't stack him with anybody in daily it's just you can only stack him with mark andrews and that's Which really expensive which right, you exactly. should try to do in certain matchups. I mean, the week that I said to start him, he went off for two touchdowns. That was a pretty good Yeah, week. that's what I'm yeah. saying, but that's the one week. And then, and I get it, Mark Andrews is probably a good choice. But at the same time, you run into that same team that can take away a tight end. Hey, listen, I said it last week and I got laughed at. I, I'm not impressed with this Ravens team. I think they're a very mediocre team and they don't have that magic that they had last year. And it's starting to show. And then you're going to point to games against the Bengals. Ooh, I mean, they destroyed the Bengals. No, he, the, Bengals. Yeah. the defense destroyed the Bengals. Yes, Lamar because Jackson they're a very good. But because Sunday. the Ravens are a very good team on both sides of the ball in a mm, in a year when good. defense I, is hard to come by, 
most teams are not playing defense at a very high level right now, if any. I mean, they also did. got to play one of the worst offensive lines in football. It's up there with the Giants offensive line. The Giants? Line, and they got to play a rookie quarterback as well. As much as I love him, they, he is a rookie quarterback. Washington. So kind of a perfect storm for that defense. The Bengals and the Eagles, too. Well, the Eagles are going to get guys back. But their offensive lines are just, like, so, so bad that when they run into teams that have, like, an Aaron Donald or something – it's just like the entire offense is crippled and impossible to do anything, and that's what happened to Washington this past weekend. I mean, some of these teams, the offensive oh, lines. Poor Alex Smith. I mean, shout out to him for coming back, but I thought he was going to die on Sunday. There were Aaron two, Donald didn't care. There were two no, moments didn't. this weekend where, where I literally, my breath left my body. One of them was that sack where Aaron Donald, where he literally came down from the top, all body weight, and, and the bad leg was the one that took the brunt of the weight for like two seconds. I held my breath. I was like, that broke again. There's no way. The second one was Tannehill coming down off of his finger roll and, and rushing touchdown. And I literally thought that dude had tore everything in from his hip down. And I was, I was like, oh, my God, no. <laughs> Not now. Not now. Okay, so fantasy, fantasy news. Source. Bell is expected to decide tonight or tomorrow morning where he will sign. I'm told it's between the Chiefs and four other teams. If Le'Veon Bell goes to the Chiefs, what does that say about Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who is not a goal line back? That he's done, bro. Fantasy value toast. <laughs> That's what it means for my fantasy team. So uh it means that he's still gonna be used in that offense uh, for Andy Reid and, and certain gadgety plays and then a little more in the midfield. But yeah, on the red zone, it's gonna be Le'Veon Bell, and they're gonna use him more as in a possibly workhorse if they sign him or to take some of that heat off of the younger running back. As a Clyde Edwards-Alaire owner right now, are you not a little disappointed with the output you've gotten so far? Yeah, I am. I, am. I mean, he's had I, like I one well. one league-winning week, right, basically? One right. week that was it's like... He hasn't scored a touchdown since week one, I think. Yeah. He's been consistent as far as getting you close to double-digit points. Yeah, and his like usage 10, has 12, been really good. That's not what I drafted points. in the first round for. I mean, that's, right. that's, I mean just, just very clear about that. I'm There's not, a lot of disappointing first-round running backs. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, at least he's – I'll say this. At least he's healthy and getting points as opposed to, like, a Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, or a Kenyon you know, Drake. Or Kenyon – well, you know, whatever. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean I, it I, could be worse. But, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't love this. But, eh, whatever. I mean, I'm kind of hoping – I was kind of uh, – whatever, Le'Veon Bell. I was kind of hoping – He's still an uh, RB1. He's, a, he's RB12 right now. So, he, he still is RB1. At this point. Yeah, because he's just he's just getting those he's getting you by. Right. But again, I drafted him to to do more than get by every week. I drafted him to at least yeah maybe have a get by game or two. But then peaks. There's no peaks. Everything's just there's this peak and everything's this valley now. I'm, I'm waiting for the next peak. We'll we'll see what happens there. But yeah, I'm a little disappointed. But that's that's some good breaking news though. And we'll, any clue on who the other four teams could be besides the Chiefs? He didn't say, but I, I would venture a guess. I mean, people have been saying Colts. We'll see. Colts. I don't think it's gonna be the Titans. Bears. Why don't you think that? Just, just let's dive just real quick. Why Bears don't you think? Be a good one, Zach. Why don't you think the Titans? We're a Derrick Henry team. We don't need Levy. Yeah, I understand, Bell. but and he, his personality doesn't fit. Like, there's just so many factors that, that I feel like they don't fit. That I agree with more. But as far as from a player standpoint, because here's the thing: Derrick Evans tweaked his hamstring again, and as much as I love Mick Weapon, it's just one of those things where it's not the worst idea in the world to bring someone in that can maybe 
ease some of the carry load off Derrick Henry because he's already way up there. And I know he gets stronger the more carries he gets. I don't want to take the ball out of Derrick Henry's hand at all. But there's something enticing about keeping your stud running back health, healthy and giving him chances to rest more with a running back that is capable. I wouldn't be against I, it. I just, not, I just don't think it's going to happen. One thing about Le'Veon Bell, and I think this applies wherever he signs, is – he has an interesting running style, and by that I mean he's super patient at the line of scrimmage, waiting for blocks to develop and holes to open, which might take an offensive line a little bit of time to like get used to blocking for. It's a different – I mean, there's not a lot of running backs who run like that. And Pittsburgh, when he was at the you know peak of his career, he was the guy getting almost every carry, and that offensive line had been together for a long time with a great O-line coach in Mike Munchak who knew how to coach them to all be in sync with Bell running back there. I would be a little skeptical wherever he signs that he wouldn't be yep. more impactful as a receiver than as a runner. My one concern about him, especially for like the aforementioned Titans here, is that the Titans have, have really put together a string of, of showing they're successful with the outside zone. And they, re- they do have a little inside zone there, but they're primarily outside zone. A lot of things they do and, and, and how they like to attack defenses. Le'Veon Bell works a lot better when it's inside zone where he can use that patient and, and get lost in the traffic on the inside. He doesn't like to get, or at least when he was with the Steelers, when he was really successful. I don't know if he's ever showed anything with the Jets. I mean, they paid him $27 million to have like, what, 35 yards it seems like i know he had more than that but he didn't have much um but he likes to stick in the middle and so maybe you're onto something there maybe you're right you need to go to an inside zone type team that can take advantage and already has that kind of built in with the offensive line so we'll see what happens there but back to the show here to the most exciting the longest segment in fantasy shows out there it this is going to last three hours probably i'm going to keep it short we i hope well all right we'll see but we had three three hosts last week instead of four and still took so took long. longer so let's let's look at real quick just real quick um it looks like our winner for the week i think was greenlaw so congratulations dude it looks like you went five and two uh catching up a little bit improving your overall record to 19 and 16 catching up with graver who went four and three zach had a down week four and three is not terrible at least I'm telling myself since I've mostly been going four and three this year around that mark, but it's, it's, it's not the perfect, it's not the perfect week like you had. So it's, it's coming not down the standard the Zach has set for himself. Yeah. It was a very disappointing uh, week. Yeah. yeah and, I, and I'm, and I'm very sorry. Cause if, if you, uh, if you listened to me last week, you picked a bad time to listen to me. Just a little music for you there. Uh, I went three and four, and I was all over the place. None of my big uh, receivers, running backs, tied in. I missed them all, and I missed my sleeper. So I'm looking to rebound this week, but let's go ahead and start it off. Greenlaw, who is your quarterback you are starting this week? Well, I was, you know, I wasn't on the podcast last week, but I did listen to it, and JG said some really hurtful things. He got <laughs> off of the Lions bandwagon. Just right. sad. And, but quit Zach, the life store. He quit the life store. He, he quit. But Zach jumped on, so I'm, I'm glad. You, I'm glad Zach's on the bandwagon with me because Kenny Galladay is here and he's ready to save Matt Stafford from whatever was going on weeks one through five. Week six, Matthew Stafford gets to play the Jaguars. They're the 25th best. So what is that? Seventh worst team in the NFL against the against quarterbacks in fantasy. Uh, they're giving up the most passing yards to quarterbacks, or fifth most passing yards and the fourth most touchdowns again. So this is a big get-right game for Matthew Stafford coming off a bye. He's got Kenny Galladay back. He's ready to prove me right and 
JG can't take any of the credit now because no. he's off the bandwagon. The, so no. it'll be no. Zach and I. No. Look at the chart. It will be Zach and I that are right on this. I'm yes. sorry, JG, but those are the rules. And listen, right. if I would have had a start in for my flex position, I would have put Marvin Jones. <laughs> Marvin Jones is back. Yeah. And let's say this: we talked about this on the fantasy overtime Sunday morning. The Jags' defense, passing defense, as you just mentioned, Greenlaw is so bad. They were—I haven't checked what the updated numbers are—but entering last week, 32nd in DVOA against the pass, so even worse than the numbers you had. And they did horrible against the Texans. Brandon Cooks caught deep passes all over them. Deshaun Watson ran wild. So. Yes. And Josh Allen was out last year, last uh, week against the Texans. So if he's out this week against the Lions, even more reason to uh, plug Matt Stafford. DeAndre into Swift spot. was also going to be a sneaky flex start. I like, I like two <laughs> Lions things. And let me tell you why. Coming off a of bye week, we you saw how explosive and in sync we looked compared to previous weeks. That's what the bye week is for. It's not just to get healthy. It's to fix the problems of what's going on in your in your offense. And they're going to fix all the problems. I think you're going to see a lot of DeAndre Swift. I can see Marvin Jones. You can see TJ Hawkinson and Kenny Galladay. It's a, it's a, it's a no brainer. I can't believe someone would ever not be on the Lions bandwagon anymore. It's foolish. foolish. Yeah, it is. It is. The Jags defense is terrible. So definitely start everyone against the Jags. <laughs> or Justin, stay with you. Who's a quarterback you are sitting this week? Wow. Speaking of a guy we just talked up, Deshaun Watson <laughs> has been picked on this podcast so many times. As a start, as a sit, as a start. But we've been right every time we've picked him for two sits and one start so far. This will be the third sit we've done. You're playing with fire. You're playing with fire. I 100% am. And this is based on Tuesday night's performance by the Titans defense, which I was thoroughly impressed by. Here's what the Titans defense did. They protected their young corners by sitting back in these zone coverage looks, lots of cover two, nothing deep. They were not going to let Stephon Diggs and the other receivers get behind them. I feel like they're going to take a similar approach, whether or not Adoree Jackson is back. Greenlaw, when you sit in the perfect spot, it's like the antlers are part of your head. Right there. It's like that scene from Game of Thrones where uh, Khaleesi has the dragon wings behind her. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Symbolic. You are... This, this, the, the, I'm the, uh, I'm the deer stag king. Stag. That's the word I was looking for. (laughs) Anyway, speaking of stags, stagnant, maybe the Texans offense (laughs) against the Titans this weekend. I just think that the Texans offensive line is terrible. Deshaun Watson loves to run around and run into sacks. Josh, what are they not terrible anymore? What are you looking at? Oh, no, sorry. The other four teams just got released on who they people think it is. Cause this. Who are they? Bears, Raiders, Patriots, Dolphins. Boom. I'll take credit. Bears. So the Bears would make the most sense. Yeah. But the Raiders, Patriots, and Dolphins, I don't think any of those teams want Le'Veon Bell unless they're the Patriots tried to trade for Le'Veon Bell when he was on the Jets earlier this year. There was a report earlier today. Who is the mm, most great. competitive of those teams? The Patriots, Raiders? probably. The Bears or the are 4-1. Ra- the Raiders just beat the Chiefs. Yeah, the Patriots have, have Bill Belichick. Foles play? I have watched Nick Foles play. I'm the a Patriots. Listen, Dame, that was before Damian Harris became a thing. The Patriots like Damian Harris. They have Sonny Michelle. They I don't just care don't about running it. backs, though. They, they then could why pay get Le'Veon one? Bell. Because they don't care. They have all these guys sitting out. What does it matter? What does the money matter? 
I know it's not a great fit, but Le'Veon Bell just it looks like he pops in black and silver right now. Just just thinking about it. I mean, he, good grief. he he fits the way Randy Moss fit, the way Antonio Brown fit for one game, and he scored like a touchdown or two, maybe. I don't remember exactly, but he definitely scored a touchdown. Antonio Brown did before he went completely off the deep end in Patriots colors. I thought you were talking about Raiders there for a second because yeah. they they had all those players. <laughs> That's crazy. I yeah. just said black and silver, so yeah. yeah, I was I was going. Oh, he's going. He's actually backing me up here. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I I th- I think it's going to be the end up being the Chiefs. I mean, if you're Levy on Bell, don't you go to the Chiefs because that's the closest one out of all of them. Probably. Yeah, I mean, they're probably your best shot in the Super Bowl, yeah. right? Yeah. If yeah. the Chiefs, it's the most want... disappointing spot for me, though, if yeah. I'm a for, fantasy for owner. all fantasy Not... owners, I think Bears yeah. had the best opportunity. The Chiefs have the best winning. I think I think the Dolphins are out because I mean the Dolphins aren't even close to contending, but they got Miles Gaskin and, and they have three spent, running backs that they don't know how to use. They just put Jordan yeah. Howard inactive <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. They don't need those two guys. They don't need Levy they don't need a Levy on Bell. And then I just don't believe that the Patriots need him as a running back because of everything we heard about Damian Harris. Do not fall for the Patriots trap. Agreed. Well, I think you were done with Deshaun Watson point. Zach, I'm going to give my stopwatch out in timing here. Give us a start at quarterback. I it's Andy Dalton. He's going up against Arizona. Arizona is actually pretty good versus quarterback, so, you know, I'm not too thrilled with it. But they've also played Dwayne Haskins, a piss-poor Matt Stafford at the time. Jimmy G, Joe Flacco. And this? the best one was at Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, at the time. Teddy Bridgewater was the best quarterback they faced, and when they faced him, he was quarterback four that week. Andy Dalton, when surrounded with talent, is really good. And is he surrounded with a shit ton of talent? Michael no. Gallup is going to be a good game this this week. Andy Dalton is going to be a good quarterback start. Fine. Fine. And, and we'll stick with it because you don't really love your pick. I hate my pick, but it's just one of those things where I had to go through and pick somebody in the top 12. Per the rules, I have to pick someone in the top 12 to sit. And after I got done picking apart everybody in the top 12, I hated trying to sit everybody. And Deshaun Watson would have been the one I would have picked as well, but he was already gone, so I had to keep going down the list. And the one who has the toughest matchup this week in the top 12 is probably Aaron Rodgers, who may be uh, matchup proof. And he's getting Devontae Adams back. So, like, no, I, I want no part of that. No, thank you. So I'm looking through. And I'm like, well, I was wrong when I said to start, and maybe I'll be right, and the karma will come back around for me, and I can say to sit Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I'm like, well, he's playing with the Jets. I don't, I don't like this at all. They're 17th. They, they're 17th against the uh, quarterbacks in fantasy. So it's not like, it's not a terrible matchup for him. He just came off a 31 point game, depending on your scoring. I mean, it, it's, I hate it. I hate this pick. But this is one of those times where, like, of the other 12. I could pick from this is the only one that made sense and I, I'm going to get it wrong. So uh, Zach, go ahead in the chart and go ahead and mark a, a no for me because it's, it's I'm not going to get it. So Fitzpatrick is your pick. Yep. So well, I don't like it just because I got burned really bad by that one last week. I, I will not pick against Fitzmagic the rest of the year. I yeah. He, he burned me when I said to start him. Then he'll burn me when I say to sit him. It just makes sense. Right. He will burn you. Um, the Jags, I mentioned this 32nd pass defense DVOA. They still are after getting torched by the Texans. The Jets are 31st, and I feel like, look, I wanted to say sit Devontae Parker this week, and I considered it strongly, but then I just feel like the Jets are going to, I mean, the Dolphins are going to be in their locker room this week. Like, we have to beat Adam Gase 50-0. to zero. We have to score on every time we touch the ball, and they're bad at stopping other teams. I think the Jets 
pass defense fantasy rank is where it is because teams simply haven't needed to throw against them. But I feel like, and not that the Dolphins will either, but I feel like the Dolphins are going to want to just to stick it to Adam Case. Yeah. Gardner Minshew is another one I could have gone with, but I didn't feel great about that. I just didn't feel great looking at my name, so whatever. Moving on. My running back start, though, and I, and I know this is some controversy in the group here, but I really like this matchup for this guy. I didn't see him later on, so I apologize about that. But Alexander Madison for the Vikings, he's got a great opportunity to step in here as the starter. Cook is dealing with a lower abdominal strain, I think, down through the groin, and just he's going to be out for at least this week. That's a They've been having success, and he came in, stepped up nicely, and, and outscored Cook, who was already having a great game. At I, I uh, one point in time, I know he was close to over 100 yards in, in some short in a short time, that thing. So he's got a great matchup this week. I mean, just absolutely fantastic against the 26-ranked defense uh, in Atlanta against running backs. And it's just a great mix of opportunity that you spoke on earlier and matchup. And I, I know where he's picked later on or where we, you toyed with picking him, but I think that he's not just a great sleeper. He's not a great flex. He is a fantastic oh. running back option this week yeah. for a start. He's but, a must start if you have him this week. Yeah, but he's also Cook. They pretty much said that Cook feels really good and he's going to probably get the start. So that's something to be careful of is that Zimmer today has said, I spoke to Dalvin Cook and he feels great. I don't think we're going to arrest him. Mouth service. Mouth service. Possible. He had uh, Madison 20 carries, 112 yards last week, and added three catches for 24 yards. Yeah, I just, I'm just saying that even – here's the thing. I, I feel I, if, he, if Cook starts, obviously I don't like it as much. But, again, I'm, I'm swinging for fences here. I got to do something to try to turn my season around. So, and I'm really going to take a shot in the wall here in a little bit. So, it, since, Zach, I know what you said about him starting, who is a sit then for you at running back? Miles Sanders, the most overrated running back in the NFL currently. And everybody's going to be like, well, he just got 28 points in one game. He's got 28 points. You know what he's averaged every other game besides that one? 9.725 points a game. Give me a break. And he's going up against the Baltimore Ravens. They're going to be all over him. And then listen to this. So the Baltimore Ravens allow the second least points on a consistent basis week to week. They allow the second least points. Wait a minute. Yeah. And they're the second best team against the the run. They're the fourth best team just in fantasy wise in general against running backs. Their defense in the real world on field performance is fifth against uh, the running backs in terms of rush yards. Fourth best in terms of uh, touchdowns given to running backs with just three. And fifth in yards per attempt with 3.7. And they have allowed, on average, to Joe Mixon, Antonio Gibson, CEH, David Johnson, and Nick Chubb, they've allowed a running back 26 on average. He's not going to be a running back 24. Listen, I don't want to hear it. You went around the world to talk about Deshaun Watson to get somehow to get to De- Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like, it was just like a, a, a trip around the world. Playoffs. Don't talk about Ryan. At least that was, that was two of their picks. Playoffs? He had, yeah. he had Watson. He had Fitzpatrick. Yeah. No, Ryan went, started yeah. off with yeah, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, thank you Watson. for agreeing. <laughs> hey, whatever. You said you are going to be short this week. That I'm just trying short. to hold you to it. Well, I guess for your standards, it was. <laughs> Justin, uh, by everybody else's standards If it standards wasn't short, tonight. Justin. If it wasn't short, we'll put a correction on the screen. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Only if it wasn't short. <laughs> Justin, uh, give us a start at running back. Okay, my start at running back this week is Kenyon Drake, and I feel awful picking this guy, <laughs> despite the fact that Chase Edmonds continues to make plays. 
I still think Kenyon Drake is firmly the guy in Arizona against New York last week. Drake had 18 carries compared to just three for Edmonds, and that is like the perfect game script for Arizona, obviously, with a big lead. But that's how they're going to play when they're protecting a lead. You might be thinking that Drake was only good because they're playing the Jets, and that's partly true. But they play the Cowboys this week, which is maybe not as bad of a defense as the Jets, who are possibly one of the worst defenses to be fielded in the NFL in years. The Cowboys' defense is also really bad, allowing a lot of points, especially to running back. You saw the Browns run all over them, and it's really tough to find a good running back candidate that qualifies for our rules to pick as a start outside the current top 24 scorers at the position. Drake is RB32 right now, coming off a good game, 18 carries. Let's build that momentum. It's the Cowboys. Their defense is bad. Kenyon Drake. Who are you trying to convince? Myself? Sounds yeah. Like yeah, sounds yeah like that's what it sounds like. I'm awesome. starting him. Greenlaw, give us a sit at running back, and then without me having to interrupt you and say anything, follow up with a start at receiver. You got it. So uh, my sit at running back is Jarek McKinnon. Jarek plays the Rams. I don't even care about the matchup because last week, Jarek McKinnon was outtouched by Jeff Wilson 5-3. to three. Those are terrible, terrible numbers. Five, three touches for Jarek McKinnon last week with Mostert coming off of injury. There's no reason to start him. He was an RB2 when Mostert was out, but now Mostert is back. Wilson looks like, I mean, by two touches, it's the second guy. He's worth rostering, McKinnon is, but he's not someone I'm starting uh, unless someone gets injured at this point. And then if anyone has a rebuttal, I'll, I'll give you a, a second. It's, a, it's really solid. Three touches, how can you argue with that? This is a Raheem Mostert podcast. Yeah, yeah that's Mostert. very true. And then my wide receiver is uh, (laughs) my wide receiver is Justin Jefferson, who Ryan did not mention when he was talking about all of these rookie wide receivers that are great. Because he let me down last week. He did not mention Justin Jefferson, who has an amazing matchup this week against the Falcons. They're giving up. They're the 24th ranked team against wide receivers, giving up 42 points per game. Uh, They've also given up their fourth and point or 24th in points per game, but they're second in yards. He's going to have a ton of opportunity. I know they love running the ball, but if Cook is injured at all, maybe they throw the ball a little bit more. They're not playing a team like the Seahawks where you have to keep Russell Wilson all off the field the entire game. So I think the game script plays a little bit better to him. He's a, he's a start for me at wide receiver. I like it. I, he yeah. let me down last week. Maybe for, that just because I'm not picking him, he'll do well. So y'all, everyone out there, listen to Greenlaw. I'm not the one picking Jefferson here. He is. Just, yeah, good. fade Ryan. Fade question, Ryan. Greenlaw. Question about the Falcons in general. Do we think that there's any, they just fired their head coach and they're going to be really good for one week, bump from that? I think it's more likely that that happens on offense than on defense because the talent level on defense is so bad. I mean, if there's a bump, it's just going to be a win. I mean, like we're talking like yeah. a win of like, you know 42 to 35 or something it's there's not this defense ain't stopping nobody so is raheem morris the coach that was randomly moved from offense yes. to defense okay this and their guy's defense the head became coach. magically good and then all of a sudden they yeah now he's the head coach after this being bad again a, his team group is bad I'm not, now i'm not so, in on the raheem morris as that's a a stadium, though, they, the way they have their concessions set up, it's more NFL stadium. I'm not gonna crash the top. Amazing stadium, Amazing terrible stadium. football team. It is the best stadium, <laughs> that I, and I've been to like three NFL stadiums. The best one I've been to. 
All right. How can you? So argue where with are that? we? At, uh, Justin, give us a uh, give us a sit at receiver. So I had us all prepped to uh, sit Darius Slayton, and I'm changing my mind because <laughs> the, you did this uh, last week, didn't you? I'm just change, I'm a mind changer. So what I wanted to talk about last week, I never had a chance to, which was actually Odell Beckham. I, I was going to advocate for trading Odell Beckham away, coming off his monster performance against the Cowboys. I think that against the Steelers this week, the Steelers have a good defense. Zach thinks the Steelers are frauds, but the Steelers have a good defense. I mean, did you see what Travis Fulgham just did to him? I saw what Travis Fulgham just did to him, but I think that Baker Mayfield is going to be under heavy pressure in this game from this nasty defensive line that the Steelers have and that the Browns are trying to run the football and that they're not going to be the Eagles and throw it up to Travis Fulgham or Odell Beckham a hundred times. They're going to be putting the ball in Kareem Hunt's hands and Dearness Johnson's hands and trying to keep Ben Roethlisberger and Chase Claypool and the other playmakers on Pittsburgh's team off the field. I don't think the Browns want to get in a shootout and I don't think that they want to throw the ball very much. So Odell Beckham's going to have some key catches on third downs and stuff, but I like if you can still trade Odell Beckham, if you can still get anything for him, sell while the value still exists. Uh, like let a me Calvin you, Ridley, would that be a good trade? That would in your be opinion? an unbelievable trade, in my opinion. Good. I'm glad I did it. Let me say this you can't always get what you want. It doesn't matter what the Cleveland Browns want because they're going to be involved in a shootout. And that's just how it is. And Odell Beckham's going to get his because we saw Travis Fulgham go off. We saw Miles Sanders go off. We saw Carson Wentz look like a competent, for the most part, fantasy quarterback this this last week Steelers are frauds don't listen to everybody this Man is Baker did play pretty well against yeah. a good old Steve and let me say this yeah Cleveland's gonna win this game and let me say this this is not an easy pick Odell Beckham is a top 24 receiver that it won't finish in the top 24 this week and that's a bold prediction on my part. So you can suck that's on that. That's why this show is the best. <laughs> it is. Why we're the, well, some of us are the best. Anyway, is that, <laughs> your, who's your starter receiver? LaVisca Chenault. With DJ Shark battling through injuries and all that kind of stuff, he's currently wide receiver 27 in PPR. Detroit sucks on defense like we've already established, but they are a great offensive team, and you should jump on that bandwagon. They consistently allow the 12th most fantasy points. They are currently ranked eighth against fantasy wide receivers. And this is going to be LaVisca Chenault's Claypool-esque breakout game. That's that was big. amazing record timing, uh, Zach. I, well I'm done. Bored. I was just messing with you at the start. I started the uh, playoff music as soon as you started talking. Just a joke. I apologize. My receiver, I think I've got the next uh, set is Tyler Boyd. And just because it's it's a matchup thing, or not, excuse me, matchup thing as far as the Colts, I know what we just got done talking about. They still have been pretty good against the pass. Plus, T. Higgins is out, out, out routing him, out targeting him, out gaining him. All right, he maybe flipped the targets, but he's out gaining him for sure, like 293 or whatever. So, T. Higgins is really blossoming in that offense. I also think that A.J. Green is looking to get out of there. And this may be the one game he tries to show as much as he can because you saw him on the sideline mouthing, they better trade me or something. He's not uh, he's not real happy there. So look for him to have a bigger game uh, against the Colts. I just look at the matchups. They look like it's a great uh, game for Tyler Boyd. I think he's a great receiver. But with everything else going on there, I think it's time to sit him just this week. They're going to harass Joe eight, Burrow. Yeah, and I, I, that's the thing, too, is I think that the quarterback is going to keep him on, the back, on his backside a lot, too. On A.J. Green, he has no right to want to be traded. He shows zero effort, plus he sucks in general. Even sure. if he tried, he stinks. Sure. You can't get any separation, but there's that play on Sunday where it was the, the interception return. 
he first off, he didn't even really make an effort to jump for the ball. But then after it picked off, he stood there and, he and let became the guy a run past him. He became it's a terrible. He just was ready to jog off the field while the return yeah, yeah. was still happening. Like literally right next to him. He yeah. could have tackled that guy. And he's like, no, I'll just he's go. Like, this I'm not going to hurt myself trying to tackle somebody. This on. podcast was very out on AJ Green before the season. Yet another thing we were right about collectively Constantly on this right. show. Just all we do. Most of us. So before, uh, before I get to my tight end, just a little story real quick, as we talked about it earlier, I had John Smith in a, in a fantasy league this year as my tight end, and I had Keenan Allen left to go as well. I was down by, a, I think, 40 points. I'm maybe getting some of this wrong. I apologize. Keenan Allen starts off the game hot with a 10 point with 10 points by catching a touchdown early, and I went, easy money. John Smith's going to get 10 to 15 points. Keenan Allen's going to add another five, six, seven points here. I'm good. He's out after two drops, Keenan Allen is. I'm like, Oh, fantastic. I am down 20 points, 20 points with just my tight end to go. I love John U. Smith. He may get 18 points, which is fantastic, but I'm going to lose this game by one or two points. I'm going to be very mad about this. And that last play, Tannehill over the line, is he not? Is he? Won me, put me over the top, and I won my matchup by one point to remain in first place in this league. And this was the second place uh, person who is outscoring me for the season. So I would have been not only behind in record, but behind in points as well. So now I've got a little bit of a cushion on him. And I, and I can't tell you how happy that I am about John Smith. Fantasy-related tight end news. I know I'm taking too much time. Zach is over there rolling his eyes. I apologize. Well, I mean, y'all talk about me, but Wolf. Yeah, Wolf, right? Yeah, anyway. My start is Hayden Hurst. Feels like Hurst just needs some rest. Uh, he said that he set out practice today. It sounds like he got – he did – he was an 83% of their plays, uh, the most for him in the season. It got a little overworked. He didn't have a whole lot of targets. Looking for him to bounce back this week against 26-ranked defense against tight ends in Atlanta. Uh, they're letting everybody score on them, pass around them. Um, uh, sorry, not Atlanta. I apologize. Flip that. But um, Minnesota is 13th against tight ends. I apologize. I was reading up at Alexander Madison stuff. Still apologize. Um, it just feels like a game where Hayden Hurst is going to produce against the Vikings with everything's going on. It looks like shootout. Uh, garbage time at some point in time where they're going to really throw it to the tight end underneath to get those yard and pre-bit defense type things when, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, when the Falcons are down again as they are just terrible. So look for Hayden Hurston as your tight end this week. Zach? Nah. Eh, give us a sit, Zach. I am going to turn the ship, right the ship. Mike Gusecki is a sit. Nobody has gotten this guy right except for me when I told you guys to start him. Mike Giusecki this week is a sit. He will be on the borderline. Like We're talking like he's going to be tied in 13, tied in 14, but he has to be tied in 12. Here's the thing. You're probably in a position where you have to start him if you're in a mandatory tight end. However, I would rather play Kyle Rudolph versus the Falcons who give up the second most fantasy points to tight ends. So... I'm not as confident as my other picks in this one, but the Jets are kind of a middle-of-the-road defense versus a tight end in all the consistency rankings and all the fantasy points rankings. So this is the week to sit Mike Gusecki. I actually almost picked Rudolph as my start, and but then I couldn't decide between him and Irv Smith, and you're probably saying, well, that's an easy decision, right? Rudolph's the better tight end. He's more used. Well, not necessarily. Irv Smith's been getting some more targets in that offense here recently and against this, and, and Atlanta gives more points up to tight ends who are more vertical, which – which Irv Smith is, uh, Rudolph is a red zone type target. He, you're looking at maybe one, two catches and a touchdown from him to make your day out of Rudolph. Irv Smith maybe get the run there. So I couldn't I couldn't bank on that was the only reason why I stay away from the Minnesota tight end. But otherwise, I like the sentiment. Does it worry you, Zach, that Mike Gusecki is the 
Gusecki, is that it? Yeah, I think it's Gusecki. Gusecki. I just said Boach just to cover my the, bases. Yeah, I, that's that's smart. That's, that's uh, well yeah, played. Very smart. I think no it's like GIF, GIF, where it doesn't matter. You can say whatever you want. No, I think it like does Maggie, matter to some Neji. people. Gusecki, right. okay. River, Ron Rivera, Ron Riviera, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, hundred percent. Does it does it worry you that he has the most red zone targets out of any player in the NFL? No, it doesn't, and that's that's a good point to bring up. But I really do think this is a Devonte uh, Parker and Preston Williams game more than anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Green, I'll stick with you. Let's give us another tight end to start. Um, my tight end to sit. Because that's that's what I'm picking. Sorry, sits for no, hold on. Ends. I messed up. But Greenlaw, go ahead with your sit, and we'll come back to JG. Oh, okay, okay. So I'm sitting Dalton Schultz. Uh, the Cardinals are mi- middle of the road here, 14th against tight ends at 11 points per game. This is definitely a feel pick. I watched the the Cowboys game uh, against the the Giants last week, and once Andy Dalton got in the game. He didn't really look Dalton Schultz's way at all. Dalton Schultz only ended up with, I think, 1.6 fantasy points or something like that this past week. Not very good. Um, so because it's the first week with Dalton starting, I'm staying away. This is something I'm not super confident about. However, just because of the newness of the situation and how he, in a game they needed to score a lot of points, he wasn't looking towards Dalton Schultz, which I thought would be a safety blanket. He was looking towards all the wide receivers and he was looking at Gallup and he was yeah. looking at Amari Cooper and he was looking a little bit and he was looking at CD lamb. So staying away from Schultz this week, even kudos though I think he might have a decent game. Kudos to Dalton for just letting it fling when he came in there too. I was, yeah. I was really impressed with that. I didn't think we'd see that at all. Next I was expecting thing. check downs he's, nonstop. He's bombing to the sideline over the middle, throwing – threading the needle to to cooper i just it was i was i was shocked when dalton came in and play and played that well in mop-up time again they prepared for prescott's different quarterback i get all that but it's still i even with all that i still was impressed with dalton this weekend jg i apologize for skipping you so if you want to give some talk about schultz do everything you want the floor is yours for some extra time here and also in that give your start at tight end as well extra time is what i need baby do you guys think Andy Dalton is the best quarterback in the NFC East. Yes. Yes. Unquestionably, right? I mean. <laughs> no. Carson I kind of like Carson Wentz, yeah. 2020 Carson Wentz? Or the one you saw before the 2020? It's it's closer than you'd want. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. Which I think is JG's point. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's, you may have him in one beast. That's still JG's proof. JG's point probably in the East. It's terrible quarterback. It is right bad. The, that what a move by the Cowboys to get Andy Dalton. All right, time to move on to my tight end start, which is going to make a couple of guys on this show look like some big fat liars because I'm all in on this Lions player this week. These guys said I was out on the Lions. These you, you guys. Said you said out. that. You said you that. said you were out. You said. That. Uh, I don't know. What you're Roll the tape from last week. I never would do anything like that. If you can't put the clip here. <laughs> clip will not be shown at all because it doesn't exist. And we're going to look at TJ Hawkinson as our tight end start this week. Lions coming off a bye. Zach mentioned that you come off a bye to get things right, things that you weren't doing well enough. Hawkinson coming off a poor week four outing against New Orleans. He only had two catches for nine yards. He did salvage that day with a touchdown from a fantasy standpoint. 
But in his other three games, he was averaging 4.3 catches for 57 yards, which is like tight end getting up to 57 yards is as much as you can hope for if you don't have Travis Kelsey or, you know, one of the best tight ends in the game. If you're looking to stream someone who's not in the top 12, TJ Hogginson is your guy. He's been a top 12 tight end two out of the four weeks the Lions have played. Obviously, they were on bye last week. I'm betting on him to make it three out of five this week. Roll your Lions. Yeah. Well, it's our Lions. No, it's our Lions. It's, Z- right. it's Zach Lyons. <laughs> Can't argue that. Wow. Can't argue that. Greenlaw, give us a defense that you're starting. Interesting pick here. Yeah, so I'm selecting the Tennessee Titans. There wasn't a whole lot of teams that I liked here. There was, I think, three or four teams tied for 11th, which sucked. Um <laughs> But I mean, I was like, I we only was... have we have less than half of the teams to choose from here. I thought it was great uh, to have all those options tied for eleven. Actually. Yeah, I'm sure you did. Yeah, I'm like a player. Yeah, I'm I'm looking though, and I'm I'm seeing maybe a potential revenge game for Jadavian Clowney against the Texans. I'm not buying into the Texans suddenly being fixed by Romeo Cornell after after one week they played the Jags. The Texans allow a pressure rate of 71%. That's horrible. That's, that is really, really horrible. The Titans are going to have opportunities to get sacks this game so close. From, every, from everybody. And they should be getting, you know, Fulton back, hopefully, Adoree Jackson back, hopefully, Big Jeff back, hopefully. So this could be a, a big Roberson. game for them to – yeah, Roberson back, a big game for them to continue to get right against – a, a team that's offensive line is terrible and their weapons. I mean, Will Fuller scares me a little bit because they've had such terrible history against him, but the other guys, not so much. So from the teams I had, which I think were maybe four teams I was able to select, the Titans have the best chance of being a top 12 defense here. I, I can't really argue they're coming off their best game of the year and they're getting a lot of big pieces back or they should get a lot, like you said, a lot of big pieces. So I actually like that. Justin, over to you. Give us a sit on defense. Well, well, well. Philadelphia Eagles find yourselves <laughs> well, in the top. Well, well, The Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles somehow find themselves as a top 12 defense. They play the Baltimore Ravens this week. If you play the Eagles, you deserve to lose your matchup. It's that simple. The end. Same right. as last week. It's embarrassing. The Eagles are embarrassing. How they're a top 12 defense is mystifying. It is. It really is. The Washington football team goes up against the New York Giants. And you know what offense gives up the most points on a weekly basis to fantasy uh, defenses? The New York Giants. They suck. You trash. Fair enough. My my sit is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are one of the top defenses rated wide in fantasy. But they're like I said before earlier, they're going up against Green Bay Packers, who, by the way, have not allowed have not had a defense against them finish with positive points in the game. And I don't care what scoring metrics we're going after. If you if you score zero or less points on defense, you're not going to be one of the top twelve defenses for that week. So sit the send the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Technically, if every I mean, it wouldn't even take every. (laughs) What? Well, let's say there's four teams on by, right? So let's say 16 teams score minus 12. Then any team that scores above minus 12 would be a top 12 defense. (laughs) You're saying if everyone scored 100 points, then they could be in the top 12. (laughs) 
but they allowed 50 points. They beat the top 12. Well, there is a cap. I think if you allow 50 points, it's the same as if you allow 100 points, minus point-wise for your defense. Can you actually break this down further, the whole point system for the defenses? Yeah, so They have not allowed a defense to positive points, and there's typically 12 12 defenses that will have positive points in a week. I'm hedging my bets on that. Jesus, F. No doubt about it. Just arguing the semantics. Yeah, semantics your way out the door, please. Agree with this this group. All right. So my I didn't my, say this, anything. Thank you. Thank you, Zach. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, it was the it was the facial expressions. To Zach. be honest, I was just fil- I was filling out the uh the pick'em. <laughs> oh. I wasn't even listening to you guys. <laughs> oh, I gotta do that. Crap. I forgot all about that. All right. So my my flex start this week is Juju Smith Schuster. And we said this earlier. This 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 Everyone except for maybe JG's down on him. I'm still – I've always been a Juju guy. I like him. I think he he's finally got a guy who's producing more than him, which is his time to shine. As Zach pointed out earlier in the season, he seems to shine when you have that better option above him. Claypool may be that. It also may have been a Claypool gadget game. Look, he, before this last game, when he only had six points, he was coming off 11 and 16 points. It's not like he wasn't producing. It's a good matchup for him. I really like It's the 30th-ranked defense versus receivers in fantasy, according to ESPN. Claypool had his moment, like I said, and now it's time to let Juju spit. And the Cleveland Browns allow a lot of slot yards and touchdowns to wide receivers in yep. the slot. Yes. Yeah. Even though I'm down on him for the rest of the year, especially at what people drafted him at, I think that's a good pick, Ryan. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Zach, who is your. It will not work out. Which means it will not work out. So, like I said, don't listen to me, guys. Uh, who is your sit, Zach, in the flex? My sit is Robert Tanyan. And he is going up against Tampa Bay, who's actually really pretty, very, very good against tight ends. And I think a lot of people are going to remember that last game that he had where he went off and he was his big thing and blah, blah, blah. Ain't going to matter. Sit Robert Tanyan. Devontae Adams is coming back. Aaron Jones is getting a lot of red zone targets. I just think for right now that this is not going to be a play in the flex that you want to do. I'd even sit him if he's a mandatory tight end league. Boom. Got him. All right, Justin, I'm moving on to you. Who's your, who's a start in the flex for you? Well, contrary to your earlier point about the Baltimore Ravens, I'm flexing Mark Ingram. Now I know you probably drafted Mark Ingram to be your RB two. This is a bit of a disappointment, but all hope is not lost. I think this is a good yes, week. Well, for RB2 maybe, but I think this is a good week for Mark Ingram to potentially be in RB2 scoring-wise. It's a good week to flex him. I don't expect Philadelphia to be super competitive in this game against Baltimore. I'm sitting their defense for that reason. And Philadelphia's run defense, it's been okay, but they've been terrible in the red zone. They're allowing opponents to score on 74, 74% of red zone trips. They've allowed eight rushing touchdowns this year, tied for third most in the league. And Mark Ingram may not be getting a consistent workload between the 20s, but between inside the 20s in the red zone he is their guy leads a team in red zone carries with nine the next closest running back only has two yes lamar has seven red zone carries but baltimore should have a chance to get ingram some red zone looks here flex the boy baltimore ravens aren't dead yet come on now this, this is all assuming that the, the the ravens don't score all their points from outside the red zone and just just run all over them and, and throw all over them and whatever. So I know what I said about the Ravens earlier, but this is assuming they get those red zone touches. But it's it's there's a whole lot of options in the red zone. I don't hate it. He has to, what, get in the top 60, so maybe you're safe. Is that correct? So that is we'll correct. See. All right. I, I'm learning. I'm learning. Host of the show is learning. All right, Greenlaw. I'm give us- wondering who you're explaining the rules for. 
myself. Uh, I go back and analyze this and rewatch. For our like, listeners, yeah, I did say that. I did figure it out. Have probably no idea what we're even talking about <laughs> with all the start sit stuff and the rules because we've never explained it to them. <laughs> we have uh, okay. God. We have. Let's let's have. move forward. Not derail this. Law, Play sit, y'all's music flex. for you guys. Jeez. Uh, my sit in the flex this week is DJ Moore versus the Bears. Uh, the Bears are, are the second best team in fantasy football against wide receivers. They've only allowed one touchdown. It was to Mike Evans last week. Uh, they're, they've given up the six most targets against to wide receivers, but still only middle of the pack yardage allowed. So this is a really, really solid defense against wide receivers. This feels like it's going to be more of a Mike Davis game or the anti-Juju Smith-Schuster, Robbie Anderson. He drafted him way low, and he's been a wide receiver one. I almost put DJ Moore in that spot. So I agree with you. That's people agreeing with you. So why don't you give us who your sleeper is then, Greenlaw? Uh, So I have three of them. So this this might take a while. But uh, my first one is Preston Williams. They're playing the Jets. The Jets are the 18th best team against wide receivers at 37 points per game. But they're allowing a yards per reception rate that's worse than the Seattle Seahawks, who are the worst team against wide receivers. So it's more of a lack of opportunity to destroy this defense versus you know, the Seahawks. Everyone's passing against them. So Williams had five targets last week, which isn't outstanding, but he did capitalize. He had over 100 yards and he had a touchdown. So he looks like he's getting a little bit healthy after his ACL tear a season ago and it's hard to bet against Fitzmagic as well. So that's my first guy. My second two, I'm not going to go super deep on them. One of them is Devonte Adams. I think you should probably start him. He's below our just 75th best. Uh, he's below our 75th uh, ranked player threshold. So plug him into your lineups if you got him. And the other guy is Kenny Galladay again, below the 75th player uh, threshold for our rules here going to have a good matchup against the terrible Jags. So both those guys, if you got them, try to squeeze them into your lineup somewhere. So who are you, who are you picking that account? Because we can't, I mean, are you, are you wanting to the risk? Person, Preston Wilson, okay. Preston Williams is my guy. Yeah. No, no, no. Give the him other Will- guys. Give him Preston Wilson. <laughs> yeah. He plays baseball. Preston Wilson plays baseball. So don't, <laughs> don't start him. JT, who's your, who's your sleeper? So my sleeper is also a pick who is outside the top 75 in total points scored by wide receivers this year. My pick was going to be Alexander Madison, but uh, he was chosen for something else earlier, so I've had to pivot mid-show, and therefore I have selected A.J. Brown. If you have A.J. Brown, you should probably start him. Terrible. That is such a cheap start. Allow me to be crass. These fucking losers with their AJ Browns and Devontae Adams. You can't even look at you. Don't, you gotta look at yourselves in the mirrors when when this is all said and done. Your cheap yeah. wins. Okay, around yeah, the your NFL. Cheap wins. <laughs> Go look for something to dig up and and and, and that's All right, hard. you want a sleeper? Here's a sleeper for you. I'm sorry, your turn has passed, sir. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, who's your sleeper? <laughs> Well, because Melvin Gordon is a jackass (laughs) and decided to go and speed 37 miles over the speed limit in downtown fucking Denver at night, drunk, he's not going to play. And, of course, this happens after I said all offseason, I've said all year, 
that will never have a Denver Broncos running back. And I recently, because Dak Prescott went down, I traded Calvin Ridley for Lamar Jackson and Melvin fucking Gordon. And that guy goes and throws a party and goes and just gets blasted on Mike's Hard Lemonade or whatever that motherfucker drinks. And here I am. Not with Philip Lindsay because Philip Lindsay's the sleeper this week because obviously he's coming off an injury. Obviously, he's probably going to get the majority of the carries because Melvin Gordon's going to be in the rightful doghouse. So start Philip Lindsay. Fuck Melvin Gordon. Fuck Denver running backs. Fucking hate him. Malcolm yeah. Brown is a sleeper at running back. Yeah, he's probably a sleeper. Is that on your real bench. one now? Is that your real one or are you sticking with AJ Brown? Hell no. I just picked a name off this list. <laughs> oh my gosh all right brandon Ayuk so, against the Rams. all right you're done that's his real one is brandon Ayuk. Hey, brandon Ayuk. fine that's put it in the put it in brick anyway so in in my sleeper i'm going with and thank y'all for saying his name earlier so i could pronounce it properly travis fulgham i know it's a risk i know he's going against baltimore but he he's got a combination of things for philadelphia and they're going to be playing from behind a ton of this game and the co- those couple things are, is he's healthy and he can catch. Something that Philadelphia hasn't had a consistent mix of for a long time there that had a, a healthy receivers and that also could catch and be dependable while they were there in Philly. And he proved last week he can do that. I'm sorry, but if it's opportunity thing. They're going to be throwing a lot. He's going to be playing from behind. I, He's a sleeper. It's a sleeper pick for a reason. I dug a little deeper. I didn't go with those easy picks like A.J. Brown. I didn't go for those big names that just aren't in there yet. I dug for something a little deeper and took a little bit of a risk here. I wish more of these guys would do this in the sleeper pick instead of having to take losses like me, but at least I'm trying. We, we uh, try to provide quality great job, Ryan. advice, Ryan, and I agree yeah. with you. Some people just don't get that. Yeah, I wanted to go with Alexander Madison there as a sleeper. But, but again, uh, he's a great running back pick. That's not a great sleeper pick. It's not because Dalvin Cook apparently is going to be back or something. So he's, I'm glad that you. Le'Veon Bell just me. signed with the Minnesota Vikings. That's fake. That's fake. Look at his face. Don't confuse <laughs> Bad acting couch our listeners here. out there. <laughs> Sorry, I'm on the coasting couch because I'm coasting and cruising to a first place win. This is easy. Every uh, speaking of first easy. place. All these guys are in first place. <laughs> first place. And what else is in first place is this show that wraps up another one for us. Remember to be sure and check out all the other podcast articles that Broadway Sports has to offer at broadwaysportsmedia.com. Partner with 440 Sports. Be sure to make it sure and go over there and switch your Broadway account over to the Heimendinger Foundation account as well. Make sure to catch Zach and JG again at 1030 Central. It's a fantastic show. I say it every week. If you're missing, you're missing out some quality content at 1030 Central on Sundays. They do a fantastic job, and they are right like 95% of the time or something stupid like that. It's, it's, even if it's not for your rosters, listen to them for your daily fantasy stuff. You've got enough time to play with those rosters and get everything in for those big money games. It's a great show. Uh, fantasy Overtime, 1030 a.m. Central. Last minute since it started by Zach. NJG, fantastic job. Follow Broadway Sports on Twitter at Broadway Tennessee. Broadway Tennessee, yes, Zach. Oh, oh you're doing... Okay, sorry. I, just got I was going to say, Zach guys. did the math on that accuracy stat, so check with him. It was 98.7% accurate. 98.7%, all right. Best check out. fantasy podcast, just like fantasy show in the world. The, uh, the you know you know the Twitter handles, check, handles, check us out on um, uh, Facebook, Instagram, all our social media guys are killing it. Also, be sure to check out your subscribe button, your rate, YouTube, join it, subscribe, hit those bell. Don't miss anything. We'll see you next time, Flexers. Good night. Woo!
Killer. Oh, yeah. That was a killer ending there. I want some more of it. Alright, I'm heading out. A Broadway Sports Media Production.